This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Well, we're in the midst of the meat of the program. On a Friday, I'm talking meat. I know there's lots of you that are going to be doing that barbecue thing on the weekend. So I'm, I'm just helping you out. Ooh, planting it in my head, too. That's the way to enjoy that uh, last official weekend of the summer that we call Labor Day. You settle back, enjoy some uh, great eats. There is a lot of choice, though, out there in the non-meat category for barbecuing. So keep that in mind, too. And for certain, even if you are that meat eater... Make sure there's enough grilled vegetables afoot. I, I like those grilled mushrooms. Absolutely wonderful. For me, probably that's the best way I like green peppers, too. If you throw them on a grill and do them up. And tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Let's just finish something with a bit of a tomato. Those like kebabs. Absolutely wonderful. Anyway, I better cut it out. <laughs> must mean not a, enough of a lunch out there, folks. That must be what I'm getting into. Well, on Fridays, we uh, get into conversations about apps and many other things uh, along that genre of technology. So let's bring in John Wheeler from The App Show. This is The App Show, unlocking software secrets for smartphones, tablets, TVs, and more. I did the terrible thing, John, and bringing up food, then say, come on in, John, talk as your mouth is watering. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. Our friends over at uh, T-Mobile, um, they're partnering, partnering to connect mobile phones to satellites. I, I, I think I like the sound of this based on some of our previous conversations. I think I understand. Yeah, this is a really interesting development that T-Mobile has partnered with Starlink to basically offer the ability to use their satellite system with mobile phones to eliminate dead zones. And this is something that that we've talked about before, you know, it's it's not that hard of a stretch to imagine that Starlink could become a cell phone provider. The question has always been, can they reach every part of the world? That seems to be addressed. Do they have enough bandwidth to reach everybody? And that's the big question. So mm-hmm. T-Mobile is partnering with them to do some stuff in this very specific spectrum. And this is basically for emergency use only type of right. scenarios, especially in you know rural areas. And you know, Canada's got lots of rural areas, but I, I found in my personal experiences driving across the U.S., there's even greater dead zones in places you wouldn't think would be dead zones. There's just lots of deserts, lots of mountains, those kinds of things. And those places have no cell service whatsoever. So it's always kind of scary to be going through those parts of the country and not have any access to emergency services, a tow truck, whatever you need. If you test all this stuff, get it up and running on this emergency service proviso, because that's what obviously has to come first in in any aspect that we can think about. Then let's fast forward 5, 10, 15 years from now, where the average person, where there is none of these dead zones and stuff like that, the big deal we heard when satellite radio was coming in, hey, you'll be able to get it everywhere. Now if we're talking, being able to use our telephones, I, I, I think would we by then solve the bandwidth issue because everybody would jump on this um, wherever it was made available to do so? I, I think so for sure. The uh, What's happening here with this T-Mobile partnership, 
Starlink's actually uh, sending up a, a next generation of, of these satellites that has a ginormous antenna actually and you know each one of these satellites i think has got a five or six meter span for the antenna which is quite large and they have much more upgraded uh hardware as well for the actual uh satellite part of the the operation um the biggest problem is the cell cellular providers Mm. they're not too happy about this because they're paying billions of dollars for the spectrum and starlink hasn't paid for spectrum. So, you know, there's a lot of issues to be sorted out that have nothing to do with the technology. But if you're using the satellite abilities like that, especially in this testing area, especially being a first, putting it out there, they're, they're at this time not going to make a lot of money hand over fist or anything like that because we're talking emergency purposes. We're talking that what goes into the testing to make this possible. You've got you know, company signing on here to see how this works out. Yep, the goal down the road. Um, I wonder if we would see other partnerships with other satellite providers and, you know, how much the government would be fine with this and say, look, guys, we're testing this out now. This is what these people are doing. We're giving that kind of thumbs up to it. But I wonder how this wild, wild west turns out. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting that at the same time as these tests are happening, it looks like, uh, Tesla vehicles might actually use the same service for their data connectivity. Wow. And the possibilities and necessary, again, possibilities. But then you start, well, how come that company? um, And we do get into dollar cents and who initiates things first and, you know, brings the the biggest, I guess, the strongest case to it. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting to note that Starlink isn't the only only company putting these types of satellites into space. A number of U.S. companies are also trying to be competitors in that space and putting their own satellites up. And I, I guess that's what you're going to need. You're going to see happening until we get into this, how much space junk are we going to have up there? That always boggles my mind. How many satellites are floating around up there and how many near misses and or hits does random junk hit this stuff? Because yeah. it's getting pretty pretty congested up there. And how do we get them down when we need to? That needs to be something much more focused on, you know, let's send the trash collector sh- it'll shuttle up there to get stuff. That's that's what we really need to think about. LastPass confirms that uh, attackers stole some source code. Yeah, this is not a good, good news item for LastPass users. Um, basically, they some hackers got in it and they stole the source code. Now, LastPass is saying that this doesn't mean that they have access to everything. Uh, right. None of none of their users' uh, information, uh, account information, and and stored passwords those are all encrypted. Those are still safe. But what it does mean is that hackers have potentially a new, uh, let's call it a, a a guidebook to help them understand how LastPass is set up. Maybe they could at some point figure out a way to decrypt that stuff. Um, but at this point, they're not, the LastPass folks are saying, you don't have to freak out. You don't have to worry about your password. Your password is fine. And you don't have to spend the afternoon changing all your passwords. Um, but it's, it's, it just feels like every day there's some big company that a lot of people rely on is being compromised in some way. We see this with um, hackers with ransom attacks. We see this also when literally hospitals or, or municipal uh, governments are being held prisoners. And now we're seeing this with our passwords. Uh, well, not now. We've we've always seen it. 
what what do we say? Because I know we can say, well, folks, just get used to it. And there's so many things in our world <laughs> we have to. But there's got to be that leveling of honor that our knowledge knows these things can happen. Stuff can be ransomed and passwords stolen. Um, John, is is there in your mind a real go-to with us keeping our freedoms, being able to do what we do? Is there a way to solve some of this, or is this just the the tread we the path we tread? I, I think any time when you have digital keys to your kingdom, those keys are in jeopardy of getting into the wrong hands at any time by anybody. And we've seen all kinds of examples where even simple things like your cellular service goes down for a day or two, like the Rogers incident a little while ago, uh, other places. We rely so much on all this technology and so much on the trust of these companies keeping our stuff safe. Uh, It's very difficult to say 100% confidently, yeah, you're you're good. There is no 100% safety net here. There is no one good service that's completely immune to these types of attacks or threats. Um, All you can do is do the best you can with your due diligence. Make sure that you change your passwords. You have very difficult passwords. And you just hope that the companies that you've put (laughs) your bets on... Right, your faith in. Yeah, exactly. That They're not going to be the ones. that, That they're using their resources to properly protect your information. And I guess there is only so much homework you can do, only so much listening to other people and recommendations you can take to to kind of put your mind at ease or hope that you've positioned yourself uh, good with with whoever you go with. Well, Uh, unless you're an IT technology person, you don't have infinite amount of time to do Mm -mm. that. Mm -mm. Or, I hate to say it about us all, but or the knowledge. What do you know? Yeah. You know, you only know so much business knowledge, only so much tech. If someone explains to you how they do their things, you only know so much as, oh, it sounds good to me. It sounds secure. I, I don't know. They'll be speaking a tech language. I don't know. Uh, DuckDuckGo now offers anti-tracking email service to everybody. Yeah, this is a – I thought we'd finish with a good news story on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And DuckDuckGo has a, a, a free service that you can sign up for uh, at, at their website. And essentially what it does is it gives you access to use either their app or a browser extension in your browser of choice. And what it does is anytime you go to a website that maybe you're going to go shopping at or say there's a newsletter you want to sign up for, you don't have to give them your email address. You give them a, a DuckDuckGo-generated email address that will automatically forward to your actual email address. And you can even customize this thing so that you can say, you can sort of give some clues to yourself to know, well, who did sell my information? I can tell because I signed up for, you know, say the gap and I used the gap at duck.com, which is the email address that DuckDuckDo will give you. And then anytime you see that being used somewhere else, you'll know that that's who sold your information. Not that I'm picking on the gap, but it was just easy on the top of my head. Um, so this is completely free. It's very painless. And uh, the the cool thing that happens is DuckDuckGo gets this email. So it comes into their servers. They strip off all of those trackers. So it's things like little bits of, of code. It's things like hidden uh, transparent images that will send information back to the person or the company that is sending those emails. So they, they can tell things like, you've looked at the email, you've maybe visited their website in the last few days, 
there's a whole bunch of different things that they can learn from you and create a profile just from those trackers. And sometimes those trackers are persistent for days. So anything that you do will send information back to them. DuckDuckGo will strip all that stuff and basically it just passes through their server. Nothing is stored on their server. They just strip it and send it on to you and you get it with a, without any trackers, which is really great. Wow. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what so many of us need to get a like look at these pluses like that um, and not too much work to do to make it so. No, no. I mean, there's other ways to do this, something something kind of similar. Like Apple has something very similar now with their uh, their relay system. Uh, you can do kind of the same thing with Gmail, but none of these thing other things strip away all the trackers. They just let you have a fake email address that still forwards to your actual email address. DuckDuckGo is actually stripping off all the bad stuff before it even gets to you. Wow. And what a way to you know, have that filter, have that security, as we were just talking about, feeling good about, uh, you know, knowing, hey, uh, we've got the right choice here. I'm doing the, doing the right things. I'm doing my due diligence, and, and they're providing me the tools to do that. And, and again, I'm not trying to suggest, John, that so many others don't try to do what they can. It's a lot of to do what they're willing to do with, uh, to deal with, how they're willing to roll things out, and, and what, at what cost in the long run for them um, versus the gains. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, Re- really good stuff, man, and uh, really wonderful. Uh, I really want to go back here to the satellite stuff because when you brought that up and brought it up, when I first read it, I thought, wow, we talked about the fact that somebody in time could be wherever, Mount Everest or, or, or like you said, going across the states, those rural areas that are incredibly, you don't expect them. Uh, where's the strangest place you found where your service was? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I actually find sometimes in like downtown Vancouver, there's some wow. places because of all the the buildings and, and that type of stuff gets in the way because the cell towers in Vancouver are typically on the mountains around in, surrounding Vancouver. Um, and like I was driving in to the office today and I was talking to a friend and a place that's literally right below all the cell towers is the dead zone because you're right below them. And so he, he, my, my phone call got cut off. Wow. And it's like, how does this happen? Yeah. And when you'd have this kind of coverage, you, you just wouldn't. You, you, well, <laughs> if you do, you're in some real problem somewhere down far, far away. <laughs> John, as usual, wonderful to be talking. Thank you for the uh, great info. Enjoy the long weekend. You take care as well. We visit with John Wheeler of The App Show on Fridays right here on Kelly and Company. Get the latest on our apps and, of course, so much more value out of these segments. That's for sure. Um, We're going to step aside for just a couple of moments here on the program. Culture Days are returning across the country in September. Content development specialist Sylvie Fiquette, she's going to fill us in right from Vancouver as we bring our second Vancouver guest on in a row. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 